Well, it's always a pleasure to have uh, Kenny and Cindy and their friends here, isn't it? Really appreciate you guys being here. And talk about uh, flexibility. Breaks a string and he's able to keep going. But I, uh, I don't know, I was reminded of the fact while we were worshiping with them that uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, Cindy couldn't even speak, much less sing. How long did that go on? Two and a half years. Two and a half years she had a vocal situation going on and, and couldn't even get above a whisper. And so uh, to have you up here and doing this, it just I just praise the Lord uh, that He uh, had returned that to you. Yeah, amen. Uh, and we've got some of our friends back from extended uh, travels, some like around the world. So good to have you guys back. We've got other friends that are gone today, and uh, we look forward to getting them back. Uh, Most of you know Jerry and Judy and Kara and Chris and Glee Jones are in Russia. Uh, They've been having a fantastic experience there. Get ready for this. They asked Jerry to preach today. And he said yes. His first sermon ever. And... uh, in Russian, I guess. No, he has a translator. <laughs> so we can't wait for them to get back and to hear about all that took place, but I, I'm especially interested to hear about this sermon, so we'll see what came of all that. Keep uh, praying for them. They have a few more days, and then they'll be uh, returning to us, and they'll be with us next weekend. Uh, but along with the special friends that we have today, uh, it's always a pleasure for me to have Sherry's mom and dad, Sam and Peg Stringer, with us. They are our longest time supporters, encouragers uh, to this ministry. They've prayed and and given toward this ministry for 19 years. They have been uh, like a pillar, even though they've never lived around here, to what's been going on here. And I am so grateful for your love and support on a personal level, but also on behalf of Meadowbrook. So I'm glad you can worship with us today. Good to have you here. Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 11, if you want to open your Bible and find that text, Luke chapter 11, and uh, I want to raise the level of expectation for you, because I think that God not only is here, I think He wants to answer a prayer that maybe you have prayed for a long time. And maybe you've uh, prayed that prayer occasionally with faith, confidence, and you haven't seen anything happen with that prayer yet. And so maybe you've uh, prayed that prayer weekly and uh, timidly, and maybe you quit praying that prayer. But I believe God wants to answer some prayers in this room today. And so I'm going to ask you to engage. Whole heart, full focus. God, will you show yourself today? Will you manifest yourself through an answered prayer? Let's get really specific. Some of you are single. And your singleness has been an issue that has pierced your heart more than once. 
and you've prayed about God bringing a spouse into your life, some of you are married, and your marriage has been in crisis for some period of time, and you've been asking God to bring some healing to your marriage. Some of you are married, and you've had it on your heart to have a child, and that's not been forthcoming. And you haven't been able to get pregnant. Will you ask him again today? Some of you need a job. Some of you have been out without a job for months. You prayed and prayed and prayed, but uh, maybe that's gone a little slack lately because nothing's been popping up. Will you, will you ask him today about a job? Some of you are in a financial crisis. Will you pray about that? Some of you have someone that you love and that you care about that God has put on your heart that they might come to Christ, that they might have new life in Jesus, and that has yet to happen. Will you ask Him one more time today to move on the heart of your friend or your loved one and to draw them near to Him? I believe this hour is about miracle, about God doing something that only God can do. And He is inviting us today to ask Him and to see Him come through. Will you do that? Now, in Luke chapter 11, it's an interesting situation. Disciples that have been walking the dusty roads of the Middle East with Jesus and have seen wondrous, miraculous things stop and ask Him a question. What would you ask Jesus if you had that opportunity? Well, they didn't ask some of the things that maybe you and I would ask. They didn't ask, Lord, how did you do that miracle? They didn't ask, Lord, would you show me how to walk on water? They didn't ask, Lord, I'd really like to be able to do that uh, multiplying of the food and feed thousands of people. Would you, would you show me that one? Still a storm? Cure leprosy? Bring sight to a blind person? They didn't ask about any of that. Luke chapter 1, verse 1, they said, Lord... Would you teach us to pray? The only recorded in the Bible request we know of that the disciples explicitly said, we, we've got to have you show us how to do that. And so in response to their question, here's what Jesus began to show them. Look with me in Luke chapter 11. We'll pick it up in verse 2. So he said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. 
So here's the first thing that Jesus taught those disciples and that He's teaching us about prayer. Prayer must always be God-centered. It's always about God. Now for very self-centered people, that's a hard thing to not only hear but to really get. Your prayer that I just said, I want you to pray it today, is not about you. It's about Him. So when Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray. I want you to pray, Father, hallowed be your name. That means to lift the name of God, to exalt, to glorify, to bless, to praise, to worship the name of God. And then everything else after that is in light of that glorifying of the Father. Are you following me? So when he says, your kingdom come, I only pray his kingdom come so that his name would be hallowed. Give us each day our daily bread. Would you meet my needs every day? And here's the only reason I'm going to pray that prayer. So that your name would be hallowed. Exalted, praised, glorified, magnified. Would you forgive my sins? I pray you forgive my sins so that the world would see what a great sin forgiver you are. Would you lead me? I pray you would lead me so that the world would see what an awesome leader guide for life that you are. The prayer is all about God. So when you understand that, friends, prayer is not a matter of, God, can I get your attention for a minute? You've already got His attention. God, I really got this situation and I want you to do something about Listen, God is already inclined to do something about our situations, our circumstances. So prayer is never about trying to get God to do something. God already wants to do it. It's not about getting Him to change His mind about something. He's not like some reluctant dad that, you know, you're trying, oh, please, 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 please. He's already inclined to do this. And I'm going to say more about that in a minute. But prayer is moving God to do what He already intends to do. It's not trying to get Him to do something He doesn't want to do or wasn't planning to do. I'll say more about that in a minute. But here's the second thing. We not only want to pray God-centeredly, we want to pray with confidence. Look with me in verses 11 through 13. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? That sounds pretty weird in the 21st century, but it sounded a little more uh, reasonable in its early day. Uh, if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? The, the, the point is, God's not going to hear you ask for one thing and give you some ridiculous uh, something else. If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So notice this. How much more? 
He's already inclined to you. He is the epitome of a good father. If you had a good father who wanted to do good things for you, how much more does God want to do that for you? Listen, when my children were small, I was so busy and I was so consumed with stuff that I was doing that sometimes I would be in our living room or our den, I'd be reading a book, I'd be reading the newspaper, and they would be talking to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And they, they knew what was going on. And so when they were that age, they would get up in my lap, they would shove the newspaper down, they'd go, grab me by the cheeks, Dad, I'm talking, Dad, Dad, Dad. We... You never, ever have to do that with God. He is never the reluctant listener. How much more? He is inclined to you, listening to you, in touch and in tune with you. Pray with confidence. And then the third thing I'll say to you is pray with persistence. Back up to verse 5. Jesus said, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed with me. I can't get up. I can't give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, some versions say persistence, the old versions say importunity, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I don't know about you, but I never liked that story very much. Because <laughs> I like to think, you know, gee, you're my friend, won't you get up? And I have a tendency to focus on the reluctant friend. That is not the point of the story. God is not the reluctant friend that you have to badger into getting to respond to you. The point of the story is the one who makes the request being willing to persist. That's the point. The, the, the point that Jesus is raising is, will you persist in your praying? Will you persist in your calling upon God and asking God? Now, let me back up and try to put all this together for just a moment. Okay. The reason that God is so committed to His own glory to his own exaltation, to his own magnification, is because he is the most important person in the universe. And we have been created for him. We have been created with a vacuum in our life so that we are uh, incomplete and not whole until we have a connect with God and He fills that vacuum in our life. That is our most important need, to have the most important person in the universe in our life. And so the most loving thing He can do is draw attention to Himself so that you can see Him, so that I can find Him, and so that our lives connect. God is about His glory for your sake, for my sake, 
for the sake of this world. And he is so committed to his glory being uh, exalted and put out there so that others can be drawn to him. He is pleased, I mean more than pleased, to use prayer as a primary means to bring glory to himself. That's why he is so inclined to answer your prayers. That's why you don't have to have any confidence question about whether heaven has shut the door on you and he can't hear you now. He has his ear bent to you and is totally in tune with you. Because he wants to answer your prayers. Because he wants to draw glory to himself. Because he wants people to see in you and in your answered prayers him and be drawn to him. Which leads us to this persistence matter then. If he is so heaven-bent on answering my prayers, then what's with the persistence? Well, if it's not about him, then it's probably about us. Persistence is not for his sake. Persistence is for our sake. Persistence does something to us. It changes us. Because God is not only concerned about His glory, He is preeminently, but He's also concerned about your transformation. About our Christ formation, where the life of Jesus is formed in us. Because God has plans. God's plan is that someday... When time is no more, you, you will co-reign and co-rule with Jesus over everything there is. Are you following me? That's His plan. So how does God take your broken, my busted life and so transform it So that we are now at a point when time is no more that we can co-rule and co-reign with Jesus. Well, the book of Revelation tells us that it only happens by persistence. It only happens by our being overcomers that will not succumb to the uh, situations and scenarios of this life. That's why he tells us in this text, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Not because I'm reluctant to hear or open the door or let you find, but because of what it will do to you. Because here's what happens. Everyone who keeps on praying, who keeps on seeking, who keeps on knocking, who keeps on asking, receives. Everyone finds and has doors opened. Everyone. You say, it hasn't been happening for me. Well, let me ask you, are you praying with a God-centeredness? I'm asking this, Lord, for your glory in confidence slash faith, persevering. If that's how you're praying, he says, then everyone receives, finds, and the doors are opened. 
This is the pattern in the Gospel of Luke where more is said about prayer than the other Gospels. Luke has a real concern for us to be able to get this. And so in Luke 11.10, he tells us, you, you pray in the way that I'm talking about, and the Spirit of God will come upon you. In 11.13, he talks about what we receive, the, the Spirit of God. In Acts chapter 2, they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and they gathered uh, up a roof, and the Spirit of God came upon them. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, after uh, an extended prayer time by the believers, the Spirit of God came upon them in a mighty kind of way. He wants us to persist in our praying that His Spirit might come upon us in manifestation. The Spirit's already with us if you are a born-again follower. But that the Spirit might be manifest and mighty upon us and in us and through us. So that we might persist in prayer and see that outpouring, that overflow of His Spirit on us and through us. And here's how John said it in the Revelation, chapter 3, verse 21. To him who overcomes... I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my Father on His throne. That's why prayer is such a big deal, friends. Prayer is not, you know, one of my little rituals. I, I know I need to pray more and read my Bible more. No. This is life and death. This is the heart of God's activity in you. This is where He does the transforming thing in you. This is where He changes the world. God can do anything He wants to, any way He wants to. He has chosen. He has chosen to act and move in our world in proportion to, in connection with our praying. He's chosen to do it that way. The way Paul Billheimer describes this is he says prayer then becomes on-the-job training for us in overcoming. On-the-job training in overcoming. So that I can be an overcomer. So that he does a life-transforming thing in me that makes me prepared and ready to co-rule and reign with him someday. John Wesley was so taken with this theological reality, John Wesley said, God does nothing but an answer to prayer. Think about that for a moment. He is so committed to involving us in His activity and thereby transforming us, He won't do anything without your prayers. S.D. Gordon put it this way, prayer is striking the winning blow. Whatever you're asking God to do, boom, He does it. Then our service is about, is about gathering up the results. Our service doesn't change anything. Our service is just gathering up what God does through our prayers. You say, well, that leaves me with a couple of unanswered questions. How come I keep praying about a spouse, praying about 
a healed marriage, praying about a child, praying about a job, praying about a lost friend, whatever it is. How come I keep praying about that and it's not happening? Well, let me make two or three suggestions. The first is this. God is committed to Christ being formed in you, in us. God is not going to say yes to prayers that will conflict with Christ being formed in us. Are you following me? And so one of our issues is pride. Paul had this thorn in the flesh, whatever that was. And he prayed and prayed and prayed. He persisted in asking God to remove this thorn from the flesh. And God said, I'm not going to. No. Which, by the way, is an answer to prayer. No. And here's why, Paul. I have answered so many of your prayers. You have seen heaven and earth move because of your prayers to such an extent. Your soul is in danger of pride. And so to address the pride issue of your heart, I'm not going to remove this thorn, whatever that was, from your flesh. You say, what's the big deal about that? It's huge. Pride is all about me. It makes much of me and little of God. And God said, no, it doesn't work that way. You're going to make much of God and little of yourself. That's the way it's going to work. And if it's not going to work that way in your life, then I'm going to have to continue to work with you until you're willing to go the humble route and forsake the pride route. The Bible says that God is so committed to that, He absolutely opposes the proud. But it gives grace to the humble. So one of the reasons that our prayers may go unanswered is because we've got a pride issue. And we have, that's where our life work needs to take place. We have to come to grips with that. We have to, to wrestle and grapple with that and let God's Spirit overwhelm and overcome us at that point so that we are a humble people. Makes much of God, little of self. But here's another reason. It's a matter of lust. James said, You do not have, in terms of answers, prayers, prayers answered, you do not have because you ask wrongly. You go, Well, how did I ask wrongly? You asked based upon lust. Now, lust is basically. My intense desire for anything. And lust is to the extent that I want it more than God. Are you following me? So if God is at work in us so that He is preeminent in us, so that we become God-centered, humble people, then why in the world would He say yes to a lust-based prayer? So let me just get honest here, friends. Some of us don't get married because we want it so bad, we want it more than God. Why would God answer that prayer? He wants us to want Him more than anything else. 
some of us are so fixated upon our problems, our marriage problems or whatever other problems, and we just fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, God, that we want the problem fixed more than we want Him. See, here's a healthy prayer. God, I don't like this problem. This problem is not fun for me. I pray you would fix this problem, but if it brings more glory to you for me to live in this problem, that's what I want. See, that's my heart, God-centered, humble, persevering. He'll, He'll respond to that kind of praying. You follow me? And then sometimes, friends, everything is in keeping with how God's called upon us to be a praying people. And the answer to prayer is not a no, it's a yes, but it's a delayed yes. Because of spiritual warfare. Now in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel had been praying about something. And here was a man of God who had a heart for God, who wanted to make much of God, who was a humble servant of God, and he was calling upon God, God, will you do this? And heaven said, yes. God said out of his throne in heaven, yes, I'm going to do this. And it didn't happen. 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 And Daniel was like, what's going on, God? And after 21 days, an angel slash messenger shows up. And he says, I'm here. I'm the answer to your prayers. But what you need to understand is that I was delayed in getting here because of the angelic, demonic, slash, evil forces over Persia. And I had to call upon Michael, read it, Daniel 10, the archangel. And we had to do some battle in the unseen world before I would actually be here to do what you had asked for. So friends, there's an unseen spirit world all around us where God is doing mighty, awesome, eternal things and our praying is wielding blows in that battle. And we but persist until we see outcomes because of things we don't know, things we can't see, things that we'll know all about someday. So here we are. Will you pray? And I I have had a little anguish about how to do this. And I thought, well, we'll have two or three people around the room and we'll just let you go and get prayed for. We might have an altar call, let you come up here, we'll pray for you. We're not going to do any of that. Because, friend, this is about you praying to your Father. Sometimes we need... Somebody to help us and pray with us, and and, uh, we're all about that. We'll do that a lot of the time, but today, this is what it's about. Today, it's about you praying. Today, it's about you getting God-centered, confident in how He is bent toward you, persisting in whatever it is you've been asking about, and then cooperating. If He's trying to do a humility work in you, if He's trying to uh, free you from some lustful attachment you have to your prayer request, If he's just trying to encourage you to say, there's a battle going on, I'm going to come through the way you're asking me to. Just keep on asking me. 
So we're not going to do any lights or any music. or It's just going to be raw, open prayer to God. And I'm confident He's ready and willing to answer, to move, to bring some miracles today. Now, whatever you need to do to focus, I just invite you to do that. For some, it's close your eyes. For some, it's bow. For some, it's kneel. Whatever you need to do. We're just going to have a few moments, just a few moments to pray. And I'm going to call upon you. Just get focused right now. And you talk to your Father in heaven. You ask Him what is on your heart. You allow His Spirit to interact and to commune with you and guide you in that praying. And when it seems like uh, we've done this long enough, I'll say an amen and we'll move on. Let us pray. Father, we don't have the right to ask you anything, but Jesus does. And He invited us to pray in His name. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.